welcome to Missions and Marketplace Podcast. Join us as we talk to business and thought leaders who discuss their passions in and outside of business and how it drives them to give and be citizens of goodwill. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Missions and Marketplace Podcast. I have a friend on the line. His name is Dustin Zick. Dustin and I, for complete transparency, have been friends now for several years. But more importantly, the reason why I want to talk to Dustin is because he is a social media guru. Now, I hate that word guru. I'm sure he does as well, um, or expert. But he certainly is someone that I trust in social media. He's helped us with affiliate mission. But I'm going to let him kind of explain what he currently does. But just to kind of open up here, we work together at buycostumes.com, celebrateexpress.com. And uh, that's where he picked up a lot of social media wheels. But he did a lot before that. Dustin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Priest. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, yeah. So I uh, I have been doing social media in some way, shape, or form for, I would say, about five years now, maybe six. I started with uh, explicitly in the social space with Priest at Buy Costumes. That was in uh, the summer of 2010. Uh, prior to that, I had worked some odd jobs. And when I was in school from 2005 to 2009, uh, at the top end of that, I didn't really do much with social because it was still very, very new. But uh, in 08, 09, I started to get kind of active with Twitter and, and exploring that and the business side of Facebook as well. Uh, so when I started with the Buy Costumes and Celebrate Express team in the summer of 2010, I was a marketing intern, kind of working on all ends with marketing. I worked with priests in the affiliate space, SEO, paid search, and social was the other thing. Uh, yeah. And then right at the end of that year, the company brought me on full time to be their first dedicated social media specialist. So I spent about a year and a half building out their social program across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Uh, and then in the summer of 2012, I transitioned to my current role with a hospitality company in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, managing the social media for a number of physical uh, hotel, like not that any hotel isn't physical, but for uh, brick and mortar businesses, uh, including hotels, bars, restaurants, and a spa as well. So I've been doing that for just over three years now. So that's pretty good exposure. So you worked at buycostumes.com, which, you know, during October was literally the biggest website, bigger than Amazon.com, Victoria's Secret, during the holiday season. So you would put up a lot of promotions and stuff. So what a place to kind of cut your teeth on. But just to, you know, take a step back. So, and I, I need to say this, that Dustin was still playing with, you know, different social tools and trying different things. And it worked out for buycostumes.com because he's in that millennial kind of age where he could come in with a new set of eyes and say, we should try this, where a lot of us in the marketing space were still doing some other things. I mean, we were definitely working beyond the blocking and tackling, but he certainly had a different perspective and a younger, fresher perspective, which I think is imperative when you're kind of going in the online space. You should always be growing, always be finding new tools. So Dustin, when you went to college, you came over, you were a marketing intern, you went to college for journalism, right? Yeah, that is correct. I had a uh, specifically a major in communication, uh, but my emphasis was in journalism. But that's a good point to bring up. I started as a marketing intern at, at Buy Costumes, 
Prior to that, I had zero experience with marketing. I never took a class in college. I never interned anywhere else doing marketing. Uh, I just kind of showed up for an interview, sold myself the right way, and then very quickly dove headfirst into it and learned as much as I could as I was doing it. So now you've seen buy costumes side. You come out of school, you go to buy costumes, you work some other jobs. Now you're at hotels in downtown Milwaukee, some very prestigious big hotels in downtown Milwaukee. So you've been in the space now for about close to six years at least, which is a lifetime, frankly, in, you know, online or out on the internet. What in social have you seen that's changed over the past year? What is the biggest thing that's changed? So, of course, there was MySpace at one time, which I don't even know how to explain what MySpace was at this point. But then things evolved in the Facebook and there was communities. And now now what are we turning into with Blab and all this other stuff? Is that changing or what do you think is the biggest change in social? I think, especially over the last couple of years, but even in the last year, the emphasis on video, I think, is becoming a huge kind of differentiator. Uh, And it's an interesting concept to look at, the media of video versus photo. Um, I mean, if you... If you read any article online about how to start up your social accounts or anything like that, you're going to hear the term that content is king. And it really is. It's a sentence that's grossly overused, but it is overused because it is accurate. Um, but, But when you kind of drill down a layer deeper, what that means kind of has evolved over the years. And and video is becoming very hot and very important in consuming people's interests and things like that. And you can look at sites like Facebook and and, and the prevalence they've put to their own uh, internal video player as a great example of that. And there's a... a, a Is that Facebook Live? Well, not not that, but just like, you know, posting a video directly to Facebook as instead of like linking to a YouTube video or yep. something like that. Yep. I think find back three or four years, YouTube, I mean, YouTube is an incredible website and, and is an amazing uh, technological uh, cornerstone of the 21st century, in my opinion. Uh, but you go back three or four years and YouTube was the end all be all for video hosting. If you made a video of anything, uh, you put it on YouTube and then you would link to it from your Facebook account, from your Twitter account, uh, from your, your website, whatever it was. But now Facebook is kind of devaluing YouTube's video content in favor of their own. And that's when you scroll through your Facebook feed and you see videos autoplay. It's only videos that are uploaded directly to Facebook versus a YouTube video. There's kind of an extra barrier to entry. You have to go through and click it and Facebook doesn't present it initially as a video. And that's their way of kind of pushing people to consume their own video content. And it just shows that Facebook's identifying video as kind of their big thing and a big opportunity for them to pull traffic and attention from a site like YouTube. And Twitter's doing the same thing. You wouldn't be able to upload video directly to Twitter. And now you can because they want to host it themselves instead of linking to somebody else that's hosting it. True. I agree. Video is huge. There are so many tools. I I mean, I've just gotten into this thing called Blab, which is, you know, not necessarily a video per se, like you would, I mean, you could talk in real time and kind of build a community around Blab and some of these other things, but it's like Google Hangouts on steroids to me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, video, where we're going with this is just changing the game in terms of how we do social. I mean, so it's definitely going from kind of the written, 
you know, Facebook interaction to videos, to real-time videos, it's it's just going up a notch for sure. So what new channels, Dustin, or apps or other new toys have crossed your radar in the past year and essentially, you know, have become important? Yeah, I think uh, I mean, and it shows for that video emphasis. In my opinion, the coolest, most well-executed new app that's out is Periscope. I've video feed app that Twitter owns. Um, earlier this year, it kind of made waves because it popped up right after a competitor called Meerkat popped up and Twitter had kind of scooped up Periscope before it launched. And Periscope being uh, backed by Twitter and deeply integrated with Twitter kind of knocked Meerkat out of the running. Uh, but Periscope, I think, is really cool, really unique, kind of takes the of the momentness of social media to the next step, the yep. next level. And I'm sure there's another level beyond that, but I have yet to kind of envision what that is. Because Periscope, just to kind of remind the listeners, is the app that you can live stream a video of you, of an event you're at, of an accident scene, whatever it is. And the ways in which people are using it from average Joes that maybe are at the site of a huge fire in midtown Manhattan to celebrities like Aaron Paul, who was Jesse on Breaking Bad, who will consistently pop up on Periscope and talk to 4,000 of his biggest fans, asking him questions in kind of a live video chat. It's really cool what potential it's unlocked and just to continue to see people use it in new and different ways. So, you know, Periscope is cool. I've been using it a little bit myself. Well, how do you think, you know, a business... One of, one of the things that I think we always struggle with in business, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is learning how to be genuine in your communication within social, right? So I remember when Facebook first started out, you know, there'd be genuine conversations person to person. But when business got involved, it was just always this really salesy, cheesy, just buy now type thing, which didn't feel comfortable. And I remember you back in the day used to fighting that fight of like, hey, I, we want to have genuine conversations around this. Do you think a business can have genuine conversations on video with Periscope and it be interesting? Yeah, and I think it's, um, especially with something like Periscope that's still so new, I think what it takes is for a business to kind of take the risk of trying something new and not being afraid to fail. I mean, the worst thing you could do with Periscope is launch it and, you know, cuss into the camera or something like that. But, and the differentiator there kind of becomes this thing when you look at large businesses, say like a, a McDonald's versus a small business run by an affiliate mission, for an example. I think the smaller you are, the more agile you can be, the more flexible you can be, the more you can fail, or I should say, not more as in terms of quantity, but like the harder you can fail and still bounce back from it. And that works kind of on two levels. A, because as great as affiliate mission is, I don't think you'll argue with the fact that you're not as big as McDonald's. Totally, totally. <laughs> and so purely by terms of volume, or to let's say if some guy dressed as Ronald McDonald were to pop on to Periscope and do something or make a make an idiot of himself on Periscope, the masses would see this and it would be all over the web and things like that. If you were to get on Periscope and, you know, were to somehow embarrass yourself, maybe yeah. a handful Five of people... Five people would be disappointed. Yeah, and so you, you have this opportunity to kind of experiment and try things and be yourself on them. And that works reflective of just being a smaller business, being an affiliate for any kind of company or, you know, kind of being the show that is on a, a smaller scale. I think it's easier. And I think sometimes it gets hard because of an individual trying to overthink it. 
Uh, but even for like the when I worked at buy costumes and you know doing brands with uh, prestigious regal historic hotels and things like that, I always tell people that social media is social. People are friending and following businesses on social accounts because they're interested in what that business wants to say. But at the same time, you're kind of intruding as a business in a perceptively friend network. So you kind of have to be human and be a friend in disguise to really resonate. Not necessarily all the time, but I guess the best example I could give is a historic hotel kind of replying to someone's tweet about a pillow that's too stiff or something like that with something other than, oh, we are so sorry for this terrible inconvenience. Our apologies. But, you know, kind of making a joke or, you know, sending a winky face and trying to kind of hit it home that you are human and showing that there is a person behind this brand. And that works on the small scale to the large scale. That's what I personally, my philosophy, what I believe really resonates with people. That's not to say you can't broadcast a more formal business message as well, but you have to kind of inject that humanity in there at the same time. I agree. And I always tell people that People in general, um, yeah, all they really want to know is that you're human like them, right? So, you know, whether you're making a joke or you're saying something that seems really off script or in some respects, you know, they just want to understand that you understand. And on the flip side of that, people are nosy by nature, right? So when you're in business, it'd be cool during the October season, just talking about buy costumes. This is going to be a theme now all of a sudden. If you just did a periscope and you walk through the warehouse so that they could see the boxes being packed and, you know, the things being done real and raw. Sometimes when pe- things are shiny and they look too prepackaged, it's not as sexy. And this is why I think even in the affiliate space that the dynamic of what an affiliate is has changed more so to more influencer marketing, right? Because they want to see the mom who didn't take quite beautiful shots of the product, but they are shots of the product, but she's talking to it genuinely. So there's a good book that I read, and you probably read it too, Dustin. It's by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. It's called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And the premise behind it is that, hey, every now and then just give you know the readers, the watchers of it, something that doesn't require money from them. The right hook is maybe the sale by now or something along those lines. But the jab, jab, jab is, hey, get this free or you know just something to kind of give you a peek into the business without constantly trying to get in your pockets. Exactly. And so your philosophy is spot on about kind of creating a genuine atmosphere. This kind of segues right into my next question that I was going to ask. And now I think I know what you're going to say, but how do you create value stepping outside of Periscope or even video for that matter? How do you create value for Facebook fans and how do you turn those social media fans into actual paying customers? Yeah. So that does segue perfectly. Um, I, so, you know, doing social for hotels, you know, the big difference is it was a lot easier to get somebody to convert on a $20 Batman costume online than it is to get to somebody to convert for a $200 room. Yeah, in downtown Milwaukee in December. The way that you kind of create value is building that brand identity. And I describe it as kind of making that unconscious synapse fire off in someone's head when they see the content coming from you. So you're building that volume of content that is 
mostly just interesting and unique and fascinating and cool and quirky and cute, whatever that adjective is for the kind of content you can produce. And then every once in a while, you kind of give them a more direct voting. If you're selling costumes or hotel rooms, you're kind of sprinkling that in there. So you're building that reputation of, oh, hey, I really like this costume website because they're always talking about like the coolest movie that's coming out and how like that's popular or the, the newest cartoon series or something like that. And then every once in a while, because you're hitting them at this consistent frequency because they are part of your audience, you hit them with a, hey, you know, you can buy this from us or you can reserve this or whatever that is. And it's really about, I mean, consistency as much as content is king in my mind, because you could have great content, but only put it out there once or twice a year and nobody's ever going to notice you. Or you could be posting stuff 50 times a day and it could be useless, you know, spam links to products that people don't want to buy or something like that. So you kind of have to merge the two. You have to find that valuable content, which isn't always or maybe even often going to be a link to purchase or something like that, but build that consistency and the reputation for following it so that you kind of capture their attention when you're not pushing something super interesting because they associate that pleasurable consumption experience with your brand name. And then you're just, I mean, it's the same reason commercials work because you watch a, if you see so many car insurance commercials, but you already have car insurance, but then eventually when you decide you're going to switch to a new insurance provider, they come to mind. Yeah, you think Geico or you think Allstate or whatever it is, whichever one of those resonated most with you, that's where it clicks in your head. And that's when you pull the trigger to complete that sale. What do you think? Let's just maybe take two platforms. Let's look at Twitter, which is a little bit different than Facebook from the standpoint of it's more like a micro blog, which a lot of people tend to say. And then let's look at Facebook. Looking at those two platforms, what do you think is the most shareable or what is the best kind of shareable content on each one of those platforms? So I'll start with Twitter. And I don't know that maybe shareable is the best word for it, but I think what, in my opinion, what makes Twitter a more unique and powerful tool than Facebook as a social network, that's not to say Facebook isn't powerful by any means, Mm -hmm. but A, with Twitter, it's smaller than Facebook in terms of volume of users. And because there is this perceived barrier to ease of use for Twitter, which personally I believe is inaccurate, and I think Twitter's taking some great steps to kind of make it a little easier for people to dive into it. But as a rule, you can say a lot less people use Twitter, and therefore a lot of the people that use Twitter are maybe a little more cognizant of social and, and how, you know, it's not a five-year-old grandma who tries to take a self or a picture of her living room and accidentally takes a picture of her eye or something like that. <laughs> So, so Twitter users are, as a general whole, maybe a little more knowledgeable of social. And therefore, they're a little more apt to engage in a continuing conversation, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is where Twitter gets exciting. Because unlike Facebook, to some extent, Twitter, you can be much more proactive and less reactive. And by proactive, I mean a step beyond simply posting your own account, which you should totally do on Twitter. But you can go out there and see what the masses are talking about. And anybody that's using Twitter should understand that if they're talking about, let's say that you are, we'll we'll go back to using buy costumes again as an example, and we'll say that you're buycostumes.com and we have Batman costumes we really, really want to sell. Well, we can go out on Twitter and do a search for people saying, oh, I really want to buy a Batman costume, which there are tons of people saying some way, shape, or form of that. And you can go in as your brand is buy costumes and kind of reply back to them and be like, hey, like we've got these awesome Batman costumes. And frame it in a way so it's not just pure 
like copy and paste salesy, but have a little more unique and customized convo around it and have a decent chance of kind of converting them into a customer. Certainly, to some extent, you can do the same thing on Facebook. But I think people on Facebook are less understanding of the structure and that it allows you as a brand, if someone posts publicly, and to go in and reply to them. So they might be more off-put by it on Facebook. And it might actually turn people away from your brand more than it would with Twitter. So I think with Twitter, it's very much that like extreme proactiveness, which does take a lot of work, but can kind of pay off in droves if you put a little time to it. And um, it might even just be a thing of, you know, if you're pushing costumes, finding people that talk about costumes all the time and following them, and then just kind of getting your brand in front of them very subtly that way. With Facebook, I think the content that people engage with most is that humanizing side of the raw, unproduced um, imagery or video to some extent. So don't go with your Razer phone from 2004 and take super blurry pictures. Post that to Facebook and be disappointed when it engages with it. But if you are at a warehouse, you know, if you have access to that view or you're packaging something on your own and got your kitchen table all set up with this stuff and it's just kind of a madhouse, but you're into it, you can take like a behind the scenes photo of that and people will be a little more galvanized for that compared to something that's very highly produced. Obviously, there's no like rule to that or anything, but certainly imagery is very strong with Facebook. Video goes a step further than that. And Facebook owning Instagram kind of gives you, in my opinion, a kind of an easy out to produce a very short kind of quippy uh, videos because you can shoot something through Instagram and kind of get it stabilized a little bit and, you know, maybe just do a 15-second teaser of the new product that you're pushing or something like that and get people excited about it and share that video from Instagram to Facebook. Do you have a problem with the company or person, for that matter, you know, reposting and if you missed it, read this blog because t- on Twitter specifically? Because, you know, Facebook, and I was, I was kind of taught this by you when you put my whole social media package together and I'm going to give people an opportunity to be able to contact you to kind of do the same if that's something that they're interested in. But, you know, when you're on Twitter, you only have so much time to kind of capture that person's attention. And then, you know, you missed it within the thread of the other thousand people that are sending their feeds through. Do you have a problem with somebody posting their blog posts once or twice a day on Twitter, maybe even three times just to make sure that people who missed it gets a chance to see it? I think that's fine. Um, As long as you're being a little deliberate about it. So there's there's great tools out there to kind of help you schedule things like that. A free one, TweetDeck, T-W-E-E-T-D-E-C-K.com. Uh, Twitter actually owns them. They used to be uh, an independent company, but that kind of, there's some scheduling functionality in there. The, the only word of caution I would give is that you shouldn't copy and paste. Um, sometimes it can be okay to copy and paste between Facebook, like between different networks, as long as that's just not all you're ever doing. It, you shouldn't specifically just have a like mirrored feed on Facebook and Twitter. But if you mm-hmm. have some very key pieces of media or very key, like a big blog post or something like that, like, yeah, you can put that same link up on Facebook and Twitter, like in you can repeat it. And you don't want them to do that. You you want them to have a real reason to go to Facebook and yeah. Twitter separately versus yeah. I've seen that already type of attitude. 
Exactly. So that's that's why it's okay to post that same content, but you also need content unique to each network. And with Twitter, by its nature, like you described it as microblogging, you would put pump in a little more content to that as well. So like, to certainly, I think it's totally fine to link to a new blog you have or a new podcast several times throughout a day, as long as you're kind of being a little deliberate about the time. You wouldn't do it at 9.30 and then again at 9.40 and then at 9.50, obviously. <laughs> right, but if you right. do it at 9 in the morning, and at 1 p.m. and then at 5, definitely. The only other thing I would say is that you should kind of tweak up your verbiage around it. So don't just do new podcast and then a link. New podcast and then a link. You know, give a little snippet of, today I'm talking to Dustin Zick about social media and then, hey, we had a great social media guru, quote unquote, on our podcast for this episode. And then the last thing was, your, your last tweet could be, hey, listen to me wax nostalgic about my old job at buycostumes.com. Like, just kind of vary it up a little bit, especially if that's the only content that goes out on your account during the day. People go directly to your profile page. They're not the same tweet, copy and pasted. And you can kind of take that same mentality to Facebook, but I wouldn't do it in the same day or necessarily even two days in a row. But if you launched a new podcast on Monday, put it out there on Facebook, and then maybe the following Thursday or Friday, craft a little bit of different documents and be like, if you missed it earlier this week, here's our new podcast because Facebook content has a lot longer shelf life than Twitter content does. So, you know, kind of looking at this, some people don't have that problem because they don't have a lot of followers. They don't have a lot of people that they're engaged with right now. How do you feel about purchasing followers, for example? And, you know, I know what you're going to say about this. You know, I know the answer to this, but I'm asking for, you know, we're looking at people that are just starting an affiliate marketing, small business people that may be getting into business and they're getting the people that follow them on Twitter or emails like, hey, we'll give you 10,000 followers on Twitter for 50 bucks. What do you feel about buying followers? What's kind of your... Don't do it. It is not a good way to spend your money. If you have money that you are considering spending on purchasing likes or followers, put that money into doing an ad campaign. Facebook is great. You can promote individual posts and this is completely, this could be an entire podcast episode into itself. But Facebook's advertising site is very great for small business owners. They walk you through every step. There's tons of free resources out there and you can broadcast your message to a larger audience on Facebook that actually would be interested in your message Mm -hmm. for very minimal cost. And I'm talking as cheap as $5, $10, $15. Like it will not be that expensive. Uh, The problem with purchasing likes or followers or or any sort of of group is is that A, it's purely a presentation thing. You're doing it to just look big to other people. And I think maybe in the earlier days of social, that meant something. But I think most people don't really care about, oh, I'm not going to follow this page because there's only 300 people who like it. You're only going to follow a page because you're interested in it. If you're not interested in a page, them having 100,000 followers isn't going to make you suddenly interested and decide to follow that yourself. And so that doesn't work that way. And when you're buying these likes or these followers, they're not real people. It's not like you're, they're... A company might say they are, but none of them actually have 20,000 people that are interested in affiliate marketing that are going to follow their account. Because if those 20,000 people as a whole are out there, they're going to find it on their own. I cannot advise against purchasing likes or followers enough. There's uh, much more effective ways to spend your money. And if you don't have money to spend, don't waste it on that. You'd be better off broadcasting to your small page, Facebook page of 100 fans 
than you would buying 10,000 fans for your Facebook page because then you'll have 10,100 fans and only 100 of them really actually care about what you have to say. Totally. I was just going to say that affiliate mission, we go out and do, as you mentioned, Facebook has kind of a small business advertising piece where you could advertise blogs that you think are special. A lot of times we advertise our podcasts out there. You know, we kind of push pieces that we think will get some good traction. But even for to promote our website or promote our page, we do through Facebook. And the response is great because you will notice that a lot of times you'll buy those things through Facebook and those people would drop off over time because they weren't interested in in your message or your brand to begin with. So, or they weren't real on Facebook, deleted their fake true. account. Totally. We're going to go to break after this real quick, Dustin, but tell me a company right now that you think is showing value socially that is doing a great job. So I think I'll throw mine is in and you maybe agree with me, maybe you don't, but I think GoPro, Red Bull, all those companies, they're doing a great job, but maybe you have a golden nugget that I don't know about. What's a company that you think is doing well with social? I would highly agree with that. This kind of maybe isn't going to be the most relatable thing, but you look at, um, I'm a big Milwaukee Brewers fan and I think they kind of nail it with social media um, brew. brew crew all the way for, and even though they're not going all the way <laughs> this season um, they do a really good job at kind of balancing gameplay things with certainly if you don't really like baseball you're not going to care to follow the Milwaukee Brewers but yep. it's a great balance of content that is game related and player related and community related or experience related and by experience related I mean like if you go to Miller Park our home stadium and are walking around Miller Park. They kind of show off content like that. They're really hitting it on all cylinders. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat. They do some really cool things with Snapchat. But I'm going to take that opportunity to really quickly like throw out the, if you're a small business owner, an affiliate kind of thing, pick two, maybe three social networks and do those really well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's totally fine to jump on something like Periscope or Snapchat to play around with and experience it. And maybe you'll figure out a really cool, creative way to, to use it that works successfully for you. But don't feel like you need to sign up for all of the newest and greatest things, especially if you're still kind of gaining your foothold on the larger networks like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, which I would say would probably be the first three you should look at. All right, Dustin, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're just going to go through six hot seat questions and uh, we'll wrap up. Hey guys, we're back with Dustin Zick. As promised, I wanted to get into six hot, flaming, hot seat questions that I'm going to throw at Dustin and I want to hear his response on them. We'll get into some other stuff and we'll wrap up. So Dustin, are you ready for this, man? I think so. All right. What is the last app you downloaded for your smartphone? Uh, oh, God. Um, it's right in front of me. Is it bad that I'm going to look at it? I think it was StubHub. What is it? StubHub. Oh, StubHub. Okay. No, StubHub. no it, was, it was not StubHub. It was a app called Frametastic that lets you... Um, kind of customize a collage out of photos on your phone. Cool. Okay. Name a social network you couldn't do without. Facebook. Facebook. All right. Smartphone of choice. iPhone. Apple or PC? PC. I've, I've never owned an Apple computer before. Okay. Do you own any stock in Facebook, LinkedIn, Groupon, or any social platforms? I do not. Boom. Six hot seat questions. He passed it. I don't know what passes or fails. We're just, I don't know. Um, Dustin, look, I really appreciate your time, man. I know that I wanted to say this before we got into it. When I first started off with affiliatemission.com, one of the key places that I knew would help grow our business is socially. 
So I went to you and asked you to kind of build out a social blueprint, if you will, where you kind of gathered competitors, what they're currently doing, what they're not doing. Those are the things you said, Priest, you could be doing. You kind of put the calendar together. And I think that might be something instrumental for other people. And I want to emphasize this. I definitely think social is a key place where people can grow their business. I'm not sure why sometimes it's overlooked, but you are in a missed opportunity if you're not pushing social. So, Dustin, where can people reach you at? How can they contact you if they want to put a a game book together for them or a playbook together for them? You can email me very easily, dustinzick at gmail.com. Or if type in my name to just about any social network, I'm the only person that shows up. That's my handle on Twitter. That's my handle on Instagram. Uh, if you go to dustinzick.com, you'll get to my About Me page, which will kind of link you to every place on the web that I exist. So it shouldn't be too hard to find me if you're looking for me. You're a social media guy, so they're not going to be able to miss you out there. You're all over the place. Exactly. Dustin, brother, I really appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Happy to be here. Take care, man. Thank you for listening to Missions and Marketplace. If you have a brand or business that you want to take online, or you're already online and looking for more exposure, visit us at AffiliateMission.com, the premier affiliate marketing and management agency. Also, feel free to get social with us and check our Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter pages. And share with us your story on how you're leaving a mark in the world. 